Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I'm pleased to welcome back my friend Michael Hollander. How are you, sir? Going good, Dana. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We had a great response from our first episode, uh, part one of the journey of Rocky Balboa. What'd you think? How'd you think the episode turned out? Oh, my God. Listen, I've never been on a podcast before, and I don't know how you did it, but you made my voice sound actually decent. (laughs) You know, I I had all this this fear before, and I'm like, oh, no, I got to hear my voice. I don't want to hear this, you know, but well, voice sounded great. Love the episode. Well, everyone loved the episode. Let's do Rocky 2, shall we? Let's talk about Rocky 2, if we could. So, when we left off, at the end of the first Rocky, it was a split decision. We had talked about how Rocky had... He had won in life, essentially. But I don't think anybody expected the movie to be as popular as it became. We talked about winning Best Picture. We're talking about making $200 million on a million-dollar budget. I mean, Rocky, for all intents and purposes, became a phenomenon. And then, you know, after all making all that, you know, I don't know how much money they made that first time, but, you know, you got to do a part two. And usually part twos just suck. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that's true. And remember, this is the 1970s. Here's something you need to keep in mind. All right. We live in this day and age where sequels and remakes, that's the norm. You know, when a movie comes out, the, when a movie comes out today, it's a planned franchise. It's not like, oh, this one hit, we have to make another one. It's they've, they've mapped out, look at Marvel, they've mapped out 20 movies over the next six years or whatever. So, you know, but in the 70s, sequels were considered, you know, really lesser product. They were considered, in a sense, a cash grab. Let's cash in on the popularity. But I don't think Stallone saw it that way. No, no. How much later did Rocky II come out? Was it, what, two years later or was it three years later? Well, Rocky II was released on June 15th, 1979. And that, so that's just a, just a hair under, it's about two and a half years after the release of the first one. Exactly. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, that what, who was the director of part one? Part one who, was, who was directing that? So part one was directed by John G. Right, Hamilton, right, right. But he didn't return for this one. He was offered an opportunity to direct the sequel. But by this point, you know, he had won the Academy Award for Best Director. Okay, so he's a hot commodity now. And what is he doing? He is getting into the final stages of Saturday Night Fever. Oh, that's that's right. Saturday Night Fever. I, I love Saturday Night Fever. By the way, you know that's a great movie. And I've, have you I've, have you done Saturday Night Fever? I have not done Saturday Night Fever yet. We may have to talk about doing that one. Sometime. John Travolta, who you just saw recently, I actually saw him last night. Of of all, listeners, true story. I'm leaving, I'm leaving work last night around eleven thirty. I'm walking to my car, and there's this little barber shop in the downtown area, and it's eleven thirty at night. And I walk by, and I look through the store window, and who's sitting at the barber chair getting his haircut? None other than John Travolta, just sitting in the barber chair. And when he saw you, he must have been really happy. I mean, he must have got right up, got right up, shook your hand, everything, right? I mean, that's how I want to remember it happening. <laughs> but who's that? Who's that guy lurking outside the window? <laughs> <laughs> so pressed up, like like I'm looking at toys through the window. <laughs> so, but uh, interesting, Leno, though John G. Alveson ultimately did not end up directing Saturday Night Fever. He, and, he was he was replaced. Replaced. And then here's Rocky again, or Sly Stallone again, the same position. He wants to direct it. Now, now he wants to do it. Now, and they don't. Want want him to direct it he's not an accomplished director at this point you know he's he's certainly an accomplished filmmaker he, he directed one film before this i think it was, it was a flop too so this, we don't want this guy to do it again so you know with the powers that be he gets it he gets it to happen and we get rocky too rocky too again i wasn't even born still haven't been born yet with these movies you so know? i'm i'm a year old by the time this movie comes out but it's you know it's not in my wheelhouse just yet <laughs> so <laughs> so you know and i i mentioned in the last episode that i talked to a friend of mine and he said you know the anticipation for this movie was absolutely huge 
And it was being billed not so much as a movie, but as a rematch between Rocky and Apollo. Didn't someone, didn't, didn't they think that it was an actual fight going to happen? I, I'm, I mean, sure, what, I'm sure there are some people, probably the kids thought these, this right, was like right, professional right. wrestling kids, probably right. thought it was real. So let's get into it. Let's get into Rocky too. Now, what's interesting about this movie is, and this becomes a mainstay for the next three or three or four films, is we get a recap. And, and this is smart. And I'm going to tell you why a, a recap, you get basically the last five minutes of the first Rocky is the first five minutes of Rocky 2. And why this is important is because this is the, still the 70s. This is still a time when you can't rent movies. You know, you you're, you only have a few channels. You can't watch. You right, can't readily right, watch this movie. Right. So we got to bring the viewers back up to speed on exactly how this movie left left off. And it has everything. It's got all the things we talked about. It's got the cut, the cut man, everything. <laughs> I mean, they did what the final, the entire final scene they almost redid. It wasn't highlights of the last move of the last fight. It was the entire last fight they it, did, basically. It was like the last five minutes of the movie, right down to the very end. So you get all the emotions of the last movie, the ending. You get all of that, you know, and then we begin. And then we begin. And it's kind of very, kind of a somber opening because it's it's just an ambulance. We're just following an ambulance, just lights flashing, going through the streets. If you hear the music, it's a best. It's the best 70s music. And I'm telling you right now, that's a Frank Stallone song. Is it really? Frank Stallone, man. Is he? He must be Sly Stone's older brother, right? I, I, you know what? Listeners will correct us if we're right or wrong. I don't know if he's older or younger, but he's a he's got some pipes on him. That, saying, again, the, the the movie would not be what it was without the music. No, and we're gonna get back to Frank Stallone in a second because love me some Frank Stallone. There's there's a great scene with the with the the barbershop quartet singing out by the the, the burning the, you know the Frank Stallone. The can, yeah, and we'll get to that in a minute. So. The entire opening credit scene is just this ambulance just going through the streets of Philadelphia. And and here we are. We're just reminded of how nitty and gritty Philadelphia is. <laughs> you never knew like an amb- just watching an ambulance drive through Philadelphia would be so fun and exciting. You know, I yeah. loved it. So we get to the hospital. Now, this is a very interesting scene because this is done essentially right off the bat to set up that Apollo – I mean, there's a whole, okay, remember, remember, this might be three years after the movie came out, but this movie opens up exactly where the last movie left off. Okay, and so we're, we're only an hour outside of the fight. I remember, you know, Paul doesn't want no rematch. No, he said, this, he said, he said, it's not going to be a rematch. rematch. Not going to be a rematch. So there shouldn't be, they, they should just go to the hospital, get healed up, and everyone goes their separate ways. That's what's going to happen, right? Case closed. That's Case it. Closed. You know, great fight. That's it. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how hospitals operated back in the <laughs> 1970s, but it seemed to be a bit chaotic because you got Rocky being pushed in a wheelchair. He's going down the hallway, reporters everywhere. Then out of nowhere, here comes Apollo being pushed in a wheelchair. By Duke, by the trainer. By, by Duke. And all of a sudden, you know, Apollo, he's he's grandstanding. I mean, he is just letting Rocky know, you know, you got lucky chump, never going to happen again. He he he's he wants he wants to fight right then and there. He, he was ready to get out of his I chair. Mean, and start I mean, I, I gotta think something's really wrong with Apollo. I mean, maybe brain damage was setting in. But he's gonna fight him right there in the hospital. And I mean, he was literally getting up out of the chair. And what's happening? What's great about it is is Mickey's goading him along. Like Mickey is, <laughs> Mickey's telling him, say, hey, you know, I, you know, I don't care what the judges say. Rocky won the fight. Apollo <laughs> didn't like that. He doesn't like that. And then even Rocky, he's like, he's he's telling Apollo, he's like, I thought you said you didn't. I thought you said there weren't going to be no rematch. He's like, oh, rematch, nothing. Rematch, no, I, no matter what. That's the one thing I've learned from Apollo Creed in, in my in my life is 
the best comeback to anything is to say whatever the, you just say back what the person said and end it with the word nothing at the end. It's you know? tremendous. You know? It's you know what? It's very effective. That's all you gotta do, you know. So we get basically so we get to this whole little this whole little scrum that's happening in the hospital. And scrum nothing. Scrum and then, that's it. It's all, you know what I mean? What else to talk about? Then, Apollo's right. And then we get Paul, then we get uh, we see Rocky. He's in his hotel room. Uh, he's had to have surgery. Hospital. He's, he's, he's in his hospital room and he's had to have surgery. Had to have surgery on his eye. So his, his eye is all fucked up. I mean, it's kind of like a gruesome scene. I mean, yeah. they have him in the operating room. They're like covering him up. It looks like an alien autopsy and, thing and, going on. You know, he's he's being sedated, and so he's just talking to anyone else. You'd be like, "Oh, that guy is sedated because he's talking nonsense." <laughs> but with Rocky, it's just like I, I I had to remind myself that he oh he's he's going under the operating table. That's why he's ta- that's why he's talking nonsense. Listen, I was just worried for the liability for the anesthesiologist. He didn't look out to me. I remember doing some major eye surgery in this poor man, and he's just talking, mumbling. So we get we get Rocky in the hotel. I keep saying the hotel room. We get Rocky in the hospital room, and he's in there talking to Polly. Now, before you and I started recording, we we were we wanted to really commend Polly because yeah, you know, or not commend. We were actually a little concerned for Polly because of the the amount of weight that he lost. In the hour since the fight had happened. I mean, he, he literally lost around 50 to 60 pounds in between it, from, from the fight to the hospital. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. So, it I mean, was, I, being a corner man for Rocky must have taken a lot out of him. It's just it, it, it's a testament to Paulie, really. You know, yeah. Paulie's doing a, a great job with whatever he's doing. And so there's, keep it up, Paulie. Yeah. And so we uh, so what is what is Paulie <laughs> ask Rocky? He says, Paul, mind, mind you, Rocky has just been in the fight of his life. And Paulie asks him, hey, do you think uh, he, he goes, you're going to go back to work for Gazo? And, and Rocky's like, no, no. And, and we're back talking about Gazo again. And, and I, I don't even trust Paulie to be a good enforcer or collector. You know what I mean? And he says, hey, Rocky, he, he did lose the weight. He did. But he did lose the weight. So he's he, very, you know, you know so you know, he, he can get things done. So he says to he says to Rocky, do you think you could talk to Gazo? Do you think I could take over at the docks? Now, that's what he says. Now, it's not it's not. Hey, can I be a leg breaker? Can I be a collector? He just says, can I take your job over at the docks? But we all know what that means. He wants to be collecting. And Rocky says, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. And then the nurse comes in and just starts yelling at Polly. What are you doing here? What, what are you? I mean, listen, I've only been to the hospital a couple of times, thankfully, knock on wood. But every experience I've ever had with nurses has always been very pleasant, you know, very, very comforting, very friendly. This woman, she has had enough. She walks in here and she's like, what are you even doing this, in this is this is the hospitals in the 70s in philadelphia it was a different world back then yeah. different world they let the, the press is allowed in yeah nurses are nasty you know they're doing surgery no no anesthesia you know, wanna, different world what i wanted to see was what where was that <laughs> nurse when all those reporters were in there you know why i'd love to see her come in and just say what are you even doing in but here? The, the funny part about that the reason i think she was so nasty to paulie she wanted to get him out of there so she can get that autograph. That's exactly what it was. Oh, she gets Polly out of there and she's like, and how are we feeling tonight, Mr. Balboa? Is everything go? Listen, my kid, he's a big fan of yours. Can we get an autograph? And she says, she says, say, you know, write it to my son to, and just put, you know, to my best friend or something like that. To my best friend who I don't even know. I don't even. Really, you know what? Honestly, everybody in, in Rocky's life, is taking from him every single person from I mean from Paulie the first thing he thinks about after he's all busted up you know what kind of work for Gazo okay take your job the nurse hey can you give me this can you give me that you know even Adrian to a certain extent you know you you think Adrian loves Paul I mean uh, Rocky and I'm sure she does but we'll get into that but you know she also has her own things we're gonna get into and then what happens is we get Rocky by the way you've just had surgery on your eye 
And I, I don't know if it's supposed to have been a couple days have elapsed, but he's just wheeling up and down the hallways of the hospital. You know, he finds Apollo's room. This is this, to me, this is this is all a little bit perplexing, but he just knocks on the door and he says, hey, Apollo, you know, you awake, champ. Every other time that he sees Rocky, he's ready to fight him. This time, though, it's like a, it's like an intimate moment of truth between the two of them. And he goes, you know, yeah, I give you my best. But really, if you think about it. I think you just hopped up on pain pills, man. That's, that's a possibility. It could be setting I up mean, the fact that he, this is the moment where, you know, there's a mutual respect going on here. I, I just want a little bit more professional behavior out of the, the hospital staff yeah. moving forward. I mean, that's all I'm, they're, that's they're what I care Polly most about. Out, but they're letting, the, they're letting Rocky just, <laughs> just wheel up and down the hallway. Pain pilled up, rolling around aimlessly, muttering and stuttering to himself, going into people's rooms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, the, the press were probably going to yeah. be there in five minutes, screaming yeah. everyone again. The administration of this hospital needs to take a close <laughs> look at uh, exactly what exactly is going on in their in their unit <laughs> i mean that's really what this movie's about if you think about it. it it was them you know putting a spotlight on the hospitals in philadelphia yeah. in the late 70s i mean i think the the idea of health health care <laughs> reform was really kicked off after the release of rocky that's what people don't understand that's yeah. what the movie's really about yeah. health care reform that's exactly it we don't know exactly how much time has elapsed but rocky is now leaving the hospital and he is just walking out of the door and he's now being <laughs> hounded by i guess this yep. is going to be this is like an agent uh, a manager this is a this is a, this is the type of guy that's going to get he's going to capitalize on Rocky's popularity. Right. Again, people wanting something from Rocky. Again, everyone the whole movie, everyone's wanting, wanting, trying to take, trying to take. And yeah, we have that guy and you have that, the little blonde-haired assistant that's always there too, you know. Doesn't really say too much. I'm but wondering what what is the relationship there? Are they are they going out? Are they is there something going on behind the scenes? I don't know. But he is like the stereotypical guy. He, uh, you know, Hollywood agent type guy. He's like, he's like, we're going to make a lot of money here, Rocky. We'll make a buck. We'll make a buck. We're going to make a buck. And he talks about, you know, we got the commercials already lined up, but we got, we got to strike while the iron's hot. And he talks about, there's a Rocky doll. We're going to get a doll for the kids that they can beat up. It it takes a terrific beating. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever anyone uses the word terrific like that, it just warms my heart. I don't know why. And, and, you know, he's like, he, but he's pressuring him to sign this contract. I mean, just he, sign. Just he just sign. at the hospital at this point, he's right? He's literally still on the hospital grounds. <laughs> he's trying to get him to sign this contract. Just sign. Just sign right now. And you know this is going to be the kind of contract where Rocky gets I mean, in, in the agent's defense, though, it's a standard deal. It's so, a standard deal. I mean, deal. I don't just, know. Just sign it. It's just a, it's it's a, a standard, standard deal. deal. It's a standard deal. Sign. You make a terrific amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> you make a terrific amount of money. It's a terrific deal. Uh, and so... And so Rocky, and remember something. We are now. It, the fight is over. He's out of the hospital. We know that he's 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 very well known at this point. We're under the assumption, you know, he he's made a few bucks. He's made some money off this. He didn't fight for free, so he's made some money. So Rocky's probably in a comfortable spot right now. Comfortable, as comfortable as he's ever been. And where does he take Adrian? To the zoo. To the zoo. She loves the zoo. And if, my, if you see this little tiger in the background, you know what I mean? There's, Almost like, you know, there's a foreshadowing, like Rocky Three, I the tiger. I don't know. And so he he proposes to her. You know, in a very kind of awkward way, but you know, he just you know, it was awkward, wasn't it? It was, it was, you know, I was uncomfortable would watching you, it. You wouldn't mind marrying me? What do you say? You wouldn't mind marrying me too much? Yeah. As, as he opened her, uh, what do you her little earmuffs? Yeah, she's because first time she's like, "What?" and she says, "Yes," and so th- th- they get married. And but it's a very, very small ceremony. Who's at the ceremony? You've got Adrian, Rocky, the priest, Polly, Mickey, and Gazo. Gazo, <laughs> back, and so and so he, they have literally just said their their vows. They've just become married, and Gaza walks up and he's just like, "Hey, Adrian, how you doing? Let me let me borrow Rocky for a second. And, and you know, and you know what? I'm thinking now. Where was Mickey? Mickey's sitting back in the pews, right? Yeah. 
throughout all the movies, Mickey does not interact with anybody else. Like, if it comes out that Mickey was a ghost or something that no one knew of, like, I'm not shocked Every at this point. Every once in a while, you just turn around. You're like, you're having dinner. You turn around. You see Mickey sitting in the back. Just, what, what's going on? Right, where, exactly. Where did he come and, from? You know, when they're consummating the marriage, you can't do it, Rock. <laughs> you can't do it. So, what? Mickey. In my day. <laughs> in my day. <laughs> So, what's right? What? Is, is Gazzo pulls him aside and he says, you know, he goes, hey, Rock, let me ask you a question. He goes, you know, you know, you know how, how much money you make off the fight? How much money did you make off the fight? And Rock says, uh, you know, uh, when it was all said and done with like $37,000. And Gazzo starts, you know, $37. After, after, after taxes, locker, everything here, $250. Yeah, you got to give Spider Rico his cut. Yeah, Spider <laughs> Gazzo says to him, well, you want me to put that money on the streets? So Gazzo, he wants to help him. He's, he's, listen, I got an opportunity for you to properly invest your money in a very safe and secure way. We'll put it on the streets. I bet you Gazzo made some money off the fight. I wonder if Gazzo put some money on Rocky to win. You know, that would have been nice. Well, he didn't win. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Gazzo bet an Apollo. <laughs> so... But you know, he's, so Gazzo's trying to present these these safe and secure ways to invest this money, and there's this the one the one joke that lands well in this movie Ugh. is when Gazzo says, oh, uh, you know, how about invest in some condominiums? You know, those are uh, that's a real safe investment, and he just says condominiums. Uh, I, I never use them. I never use oh, them. Oh god! But man. what I what I like about that is they don't hang on that shot too long. Oh no, no, yeah. it's boop. Done. Okay, yeah, we're done. Move we're on. on. All right. So there's, and he was probably, he was probably fine. He was, he was chomping at the bit to find a way to get that joke into the movie. I mean, and by the way, how much money are you going to make investing in condominiums with thirty-seven thousand dollars? That's all you have to your name. I mean, what do you think with Gazzo? I mean, come on now. This is a mafia guy. He's got some kind of racket going on here. Rocky would never seen, never seen his money. They, again. they do cut that shot really fast. I, don't, I yeah. never use them. Click. All right, move Click. on. We're moving on. All right. Where what we then see here is, you know, so we know Rocky's got about thirty-seven grand, which probably, you know. More than a hundred grand, but in today's today's dollars, so he's got a little bit of money. He's got more money than he's ever had in his life. So what does he do with his money? Goes on a bit of a shopping spree. First thing he buys, he gets a dog. It's a beautiful. I don't even like dogs, to be honest a, with you. Yeah, Butkus. I love Butkus. Okay, he gets a dog. Then what does he get? Easily or arguably the most popular car of that time period. And I'm telling you right now, this is my theory. Okay, Rocky comes out in '76. One of the highest grossing films of that year. Super popular. Next year, what comes out? The second highest grossing movie of 1977 was Smokey and the Bandit. Second only behind what, Star Wars. What, wait, what kind of car was it? Was it a Firebird? Or it, Camaro? Was Trans -Am. Trans -Am. it was Trans Am. It was, they call it the Screaming Chicken. It was the 6.6 the .6 liter get it right. Trans Am. How many it liters? Was, it was the Smokey and the Bandit car. And I'm telling you, this is a Stallone movie written and directed. This is him taking a little jab at Burt Reynolds. Right, right. Because Burt Reynolds was what? Was he supposed to be? He was Smokey and the Bandit. And Burt Reynolds was supposed to be. He was right. one of the people they, that studio wanted to play Rocky. So he gets. Rocky's he, an artist. He buys yeah, it. He gets artist. a Trans Am. And it's a great scene where – great line where, where Adrian's like, but you don't even know how to drive. And he's like, uh, I drive anywhere. I drive you crazy. You know, it's just, it's just bad puns. Bad we, puns. We're getting some bad puns here. Adrian loves him. I mean – And he can't drive this car. Now, mind you, you know, I looked into these – most of these vehicles that came out, they were, they were automatics. All right, but he is driving this thing like it's like it's like it's like it's a standard transmission. Is it was it an automatic or was it standard? I, I'm gonna have to do a little more research, but he's driving it like it's you know just jerking back and forth. It's, it it's, could be just like doing the thing where you know you you use your right foot on the gas and your left foot on the brake. You know, just, it just seemed awfully dangerous. But he can't drive. 
No, he it's just awfully dangerous. And he blames it on his bad eye because he's got the bad eye. I mean, how much was that car? I mean, was it like ten thousand dollars back oh, then? Oh, I would say back then it was probably about anywhere from six to ten grand. So yeah. he's he's put a little chunk of his money. Then he stops, and uh, you know, sees the jacket with the tiger on it, buys that, and they go to the jewelry store. Now this is the this is an interesting part. This part when they're at the jewelry store was the part where where Adrian takes a turn for me because they're looking at watches and Rocky he just spend the money like it's never going to run out and she's she's going no no I don't need she's like you like the watch do you like the watch and I need to get one for Mickey and and you like it she's like yeah I like it and then she says quietly well you should get one for yourself right right yeah, and that right. was the point that was the turning point right there and and he's getting a lot of this stuff for other people too, right? Yeah. So it, it was nice that Adrian, you know, thought of him in that sense. He, he really doesn't think of himself in any of this stuff. Everyone's trying to get something from him. He's not really caring about himself at all, you know. No, but he is ready. He is spending that money like it is never going to run out. So what do we? Have? We got watches. We got the jacket. We got the Trans Am. We got the dog. They stop by the pet store to get the dog a collar. He gets a he gets a little like bracelet. A, Classy. I mean, Classy it's, move. It, it's it's awesome. And then the big purchase. And the home, the home. They they, they buy a home, and it's, it's oak. It's it's. Remember that? I about, oh, I, one thing I remember that movie. He's it's a, oak, solid. So, <laughs> so oh, I'll buy it. This real estate agent has never had a sale go through like this. I mean, they're showing the home within five minutes. Rocky's like, oh, let's do it. He, she goes, don't you want to see upstairs? He's no, no, just little. That's just, just details. details. Just, just details. details. They don't worry about that. But this is the part where also where all of a sudden Adrian, she know, she understands the complexities of more of mortgage financing. <laughs> right, right. The, the inner subtleties of mortgage financing. We can get a loan for five point five percent from the bank. Then we have to. We're going to short uh, IBM. Yes. And then we're, we're going to turn into the, the Deutsche Marks. And, and like, geez. It's just like, wait, wait, where did this all come from? <laughs> and and so they buy the home. Now, what do we also need to be talking about? So we're we're thirty minutes into this movie. All right, we've established that Rocky's, you know, he's he's flush with cash, buying stuff. But there's also another character we haven't really talked about that too much, and that's Apollo. Now we talked about Apollo in the hospital. We see a scene where he's at his house and he's reading all this hate mail that he's been receiving. First of all, it must have been very easy to get the address of, of somebody just to send them hate just mail hate to the right, house. Right to the home. Right to the home. And what a beautiful home, by the way. Listen, he's done very well for himself. Yeah, he's got a beautiful wife. She's just strolling through. She, I think she has flowers in her hand. The yeah. kids are playing. Everyone's happy. Except for except for except Apollo. For, except for Apollo in his jumpsuit. And he's, I, I he's, love this jumpsuit. He just wears around the house. I'm telling you. And he's reading this, he's reading this mail. And he's just like, you know, they're, everyone's call, they're, they're all saying the fight is fixed. You know, <laughs> you know, you're a fraud. Go kill yourself. Go kill yourself. <laughs> you, I always wonder, dude, because he goes, she says, can't you let it go? And he goes, are you serious? And he throws the letters and they all tumble down to the ground. Yeah. Who's picking that up? She, she's like, go pick those up now. You know, yeah, it seemed like the wife had to go pick them up. We don't see that scene where she's like, Apollo. <laughs> Apollo. Apollo. Let's go. I'm not picking those up. So, you're going to pick them up now. You, so pick them up. Nothing. He <laughs> He is... He's in a really bad spot emotionally right now because he, like we talked about in the first episode, he said, I'm, wait a I'm put him down in three. You know, Rocky went the distance. This entire gimmick, if you will, this, this gimmick to, to come up with a fight has completely backfired for so, Apollo. He, he identifies with being the best fighter in the world. He identifies with that. And then and Rocky is challenging. The whole fight challenges his whole identity. He's got to get his identity back. He's got to fight Rocky, and he's got to beat him handily and, and put it all behind him. We talked about 
the motivation for Apollo to do the to do the fight in the first film? We talked about his legacy, you know, the fact that, you know, no one stays on top forever. You know, it's all about what type of legacy do you leave behind? And this is not the legacy that Apollo wants to leave behind. He doesn't want to go out as the guy that gave a complete unknown a shot. Guy went to the distance, split decision, which means one of the judges even thought Rocky had won the fight. Right. So right. what we've got now is we've got a Apollo trying to figure out how to get Rocky back in the ring. And we're going to get to that in a moment. Meanwhile, Rocky doesn't want to fight at all anymore. He's done. No, but he needs money, though. Well, he need, now, why does he need money? Let's talk about why he needs money. We talked about all every, all the money, all the frivolous items he spent. Now, mind you, home is an investment. That's a, that's a smart, Listen, that's a smart purchase. 5.5% 5. 5 was the mortgage. 5. I mean, well, got a, you know, you know, Adrian worked out a great deal she, with the she's, bank. She's got a great deal going with them. <laughs> you know, we're going to go back to this this agent that, that's going to help Rocky, you know, make some dough. Right, right. And, you know, it's it's pretty much been decided that Rocky's going to, you know, he's going to get into making commercials. He's got he's got the doll coming out. He's going to license his name. He is going to make it. So then we get to the scene where he's it's time for him to actually shoot the commercials. And this does not go according to plan <laughs> at all. And I like to spend just a few minutes talking about this entire scene because you've got Rocky. It's it's basically uh it's a different, it's a generic version of brute. You know, it's, it's an aftershave that he's, right. that um, he, what was the name of it too? Oh, I, I should have wrote it down what the name of that was. It was a, like beast is like beast, beast aftershave. Beast aftershave. <laughs> like that. And so, but he can't remember his lines and it's a very simple lines too. Like there's the one line where he's just like, you know, the beast aftershave will make you smell like a jungle rat. And the director's just like, cut, cut, cut. He's like, cat, jungle cat. Read out, read out the dummy cards. Why can't you get this right? And I'm telling you. This director is an asshole. Okay. And, and there's a great scene where they're like, all right, take one, take 16, take 64. And he, I mean, if he can't, but he was getting the lines out was, one line at a time. So, you know, they like, couldn't piece it together. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm Rocky Balboa. And, uh, and Beast Aftershaves makes me smell like a jungle rat. His and, voice was so low. And, it, it was, yeah, I'm Rocky Balboa. You couldn't even hear him. Only like an elephant could get catch that decibel level. He was so low. And you what know? got me was he's like, after like 60 takes, the director's like, he doesn't remember his lines. Cut. Let's go to the alternative set. <laughs> right. in, the, in the alternative set, then he can remember his lines. This is alternative line. set. And the alternative set is then him where he's in a boxing ring. You know, he's got this uh, he's got this prosthetic on that makes it look like his, his face is all banged up. And uh, this is this is where, you know, the director is, again, screaming at him and he can't remember his lines. And this is the director says, just use the dummy cards. <laughs> <laughs> he's been using the dummy cards the whole time. Like, why now is he coming to this conclusion? Use the dummy cards. He, he was piecing. Listen, I thought he was piecing together the lines very well. I thought they could have got that commercial done. You know, I think after a few, if you know, 30, 40 takes, you're going to be able to put that together. I mean, and, and then, and, and, and then what happens? And he goes, all right, I'm done. Starts taking everything off. Yeah. He goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm, you know, I might have what they call a relaxed brain or something like I'm that. I'm not but punchy. I'm, I'm not punchy. But you're rude. Isn't that right, Adrian? Yes. And she's Adrian, looking like diabolic a demon yeah, at that she's point. She's just like, yes, yes. Yes, he is. And and the director's like, 
If you leave, we're done. He's, I didn't want to be here anyway. I didn't want to do this. I only work with professionals. I only work with professionals. Do you hear me? He's like, Gee, calm down. I'm like, well, hold on a second. You're a director. You're clearly in the union. You're getting paid probably quite well. If this thing is going long, you know, you're getting paid. It's not like you're getting He didn't want him there anyway. Yeah, he didn't want He only works with professionals. That's what he told him. So, uh, like, what are you talking about? I mean, in the 70s, you'd have athletes hawking shit left and right. You're going to tell him to work with professionals. And why is the agent, like, like you know, like... And Slinking out the back. Yeah, and he goes, where are you going? The agent's leaving. The director's yelling at him. Going, Take him with you. <laughs> Take him with you. What are you talking about? And so that's the point where that establishes that, okay, Rocky's primary source of income has now gone out the window. And he is running out of money quickly. And he's got to go. He's got to find a job. How did he get that job? Was it Polly? Did Polly get him that job? Yeah, Polly. Polly gets him the job not before he goes to some some temp agencies. It, it's a oh, job, the, the job baby placement. blue. Yeah, the baby, baby blue, blue suit. suit. Yeah, love and, that suit. And the guy says uh, he's interviewing with the one guy, and he goes, he goes, wouldn't you, you know, how about a good trade job or something? He goes, offer him a job, you know, like it's a hard work, a labor job, you know, you know, it's good paying, menial labor job. Brock, you'd be good at it. And he's just like, you know, I'd really like to do something in an office. And the guy's like, yeah, well, we got nothing for you. What did he want to do? It was even just I, I, I'm here for the for the office job. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like just weird, like cliche. I'm here for the office job. So they're starting to run out of money. Now, what is the uh, ongoing theme with everybody that Rocky is talking to? You know, with these even the job placement guys are saying to Rocky, why don't you just fight? Why don't you just fight? Get a couple fights into you and you're going to be set. You'll be set for life. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to fight. Doesn't want to fight. Well, he's that bad eye. Doesn't want to get injured. He does go to Mickey, though. Yeah. When he goes to Mickey. When is he, does he go to Mickey after the meat plant? Uh, I think it's sort of interspliced right in that scene because Pauly gets him a job at the, the same meat plant that where he was hitting the, the, you know, the slabs of beef right. in the first film. And, you know, there's even a couple scenes where, you know, just kind of ceremonial takes a couple it shots at a couple of them. But that looks like a hard job. Hard I work. Mean, what are we doing? We're cutting we're cutting beef here. We're wrapping it up. He's carrying these. They've got to be 200 pound slabs of beef and just load them up in the truck. And but the cleanup, the cleanup looked terrible. I'm going to tell you a little something about the cleanup. OK, Michael, let me tell you a little bit. You have cleanup. a meat cleanup story. I actually do have a meat cleanup story. <laughs> so. In I was about 18 years old. I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee. I had a friend of mine who worked at a Kroger grocery store, and he said, "Listen, they're they're hiring right now." And I was just out of high school, and so I, I accepted a job as a, a meat cutter's apprentice. Like, you know, I can see you doing that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you kind of grabbed you know, me as that kind of person. Yeah, I was just you know hitting the slabs of beef and you know <laughs> in between. It's a real under a real underdog story. It it really is. You know, I was, it was <laughs> but I'll tell you right now, not a job for everybody. And I'm not saying that not everybody could do it, but trust me, it, it takes it takes some, some real. You see some things, you see some things, and when you're when you're when you're in the meat cutting, Listen, industry. I've seen those PETA videos, you know. I'm just- and I'm telling you right now, like my main job really was just slicing up. Like they'd have pork loins, whole pork loins on oh, sale. Delicious, they're great, they're great, but <laughs> they'd be on sale, and everybody would want you to slice them. So that's what I and I just day after day, that's all I do. But the butcher, he would leave early. And I would have to actually clean the entire cutting room. Did you remember those scrapers like like Rocky did? Listen, scraping. There were scrapers. When I say this entire cutting room, everything was stainless steel. Even the walls were stainless steel. And so they just gave me this, this industrial size hose that had this tank on it. And I would just basically spray the entire room floor to ceiling with this soap and bleach and just it was give rocky rough. a sprayer i'm telling you that's that's the whole give point rocky a saying. sprayer so i'm watching rocky and he's lifting up these grates and they're just giving him a scraper 
He's just scraping. I mean, what, what are we doing? <laughs> it's been for like six hours. I mean, I, mean, I get it. I get. It, I, now I understand why they had to let him go because you know the but, hours. Yeah, just and God, but he wears the hat. I love the hat that he wears while he's scraping. He's got the fedora going on. <laughs> well, he's always in there scraping. That's what I call class. So what happens is, you know, Rocky ends up losing the job. The the foreman tells, "Hey, Rock, man, I got to let you go." And Rocky's like, "Hey." Aren't I doing a good job? He's like, yeah, but you know, you you know, I got to cut someone. You're the low man on the totem pole. Union rules. And by the way, that meat cutting meat yeah, cutters apprentice, that? that was a Kroger grocery store, which was technically a union grocery store. So after 90 days of working there, I had to decide whether or not I wanted to join the union and become a union guy to join the local, if you will. You should have did it, dude. I, you, you know what? Should have did it. Great benefits. Great benefits. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I decided to to pursue another path, and <laughs> pursue another avenue. But I'll never forget those three months. And the thing is, also, and what doesn't really get depicted too well in that in the movie is those meat packing places, just like the the butcher place I was at. They keep them at like thirty five degrees. Like they're cold. It's constantly cold in there. It sucks. I mean, it's, it's cold out there in Philadelphia too. At this point, we've established that Rocky is now he's out of a job. He's flat broke. He's got nothing. And we're gonna flash back to it. We're gonna we're gonna go back to Apollo, who's in the office, and he is talking to his entourage, Just running stuff again. He's, he's running, telling them what's up. He says, "I don't care what you have to do." He's like, "I pay you guys to make this happen." You get this man to fight me again. And they're saying, look, Apollo, if we run this sort of ad campaign to call Rocky out of retirement, to call him out and tell him that, you know, he's a chicken. What they're running the ads, the Italian. Uh, right, chicken. right. But Duke, Duke, the, the Apollo's trainer doesn't even want this, doesn't want this fight for Apollo. Listen, this is one of the most profound moments of the film. So you beat that man and beat that man. I never seen no man beat before, and the man kept coming back. The emotion in Duke should have shouldn't have won an Oscar for this. He gets right in his face. He goes, "I know what you're feeling. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go." Look, I don't know about anybody else, but as long as I'm going to be promoting this fight myself, I want a lot more pressure put on for a rematch. Hey, we can get the same money for the two top contenders. Why go after Balboa? Why? Because there's still a lot of people out there that think he won. There's a lot of people out there accusing me of having a fight fixed, accusing me of being a fake and insulting my kids at school. That's why. You want to hear the truth? Yeah, I want to hear the truth. The truth is that last time he was damn lucky. Now he's all finished. I mean, he's been hanging around doing nothing for six months. And any trainer worth anything wouldn't have nothing to do with him. Now I say, let's go after some new meat. Forget this bum. You think I beat him the last time, do you? Hmm? You got the decision. Man, I won, but I didn't beat him. What are you afraid of, Tony? Honest? Yeah, honest. He's all wrong for us, baby. I saw you beat that man. Like I never saw no man get beat before, and the man kept coming after you. And we don't need that kind of man in our life. I know what you're feeling. Let it go. Let it go. You're the champ. 
eyes are welling up with tears. Yeah, I was watching that when I was watching this the other day. I was just going, "He's right, he's right." <laughs> and and Apollo, but Apollo, he he. They said, "Look, if we do this, you're going to be a villain." And this goes back again to legacy. Villain, nothing. Villain, nothing. <laughs> At this point, Adrian is now pregnant. Rocky is out of work. She's got, she's got to get a job. And, and you know. It, when I think when they first find out that Adrian's pregnant, I mean, they're taking that walk kind of near the zoo again. I was, I don't know, it was a little, a little off-putting. It said a lot. They're going back and forth saying if they have a child, how they hope the child is nothing like themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. I hope it's like you. No, it's like you. you know, we don't want it to be some, isn't one dumbbell in the family enough? <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. Rocky, have a little, have a little confidence in yourself. And, and we talked about how Rocky, you know, he's got the bad eye. That's the kind of the reoccurring theme. He's got the bad he's eye. Got that bad eye. He's got the bad eye. He can't fight. You know, he's got the bad eye. And Mickey, Mickey's telling me, yeah, "You can't fight. You can't fight." But the pressure starts mounting and mounting and mounting. And you know, eventually, Rocky's got to have a heart to heart with Adrian. He's got to say, "Look, I'm going to fight. This is what I do." So I'm so tired at this point of Adrian. She just won't give the guy the go ahead. You know, this is the part where I have to talk a little bit about the movie because talk a little bit about the movie is is talk a little bit about there's not a whole lot going on in this film up into this point. Right, right. I mean, you have to be fully invested into the characters. I mentioned in the first Rocky episode that, you know, kids today might go back and watch that first Rocky and be like, you know, this is this is boring. And I'm going to be honest with you, like rewatching Rocky two this past week, it was really it got a little tedious. At, at one point, because it was so like, all right, I know where this is going. Can on Rotten get to Tomatoes, it? it wasn't, I don't know, it's like, what, like 45% on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I think it was higher than was that. Was it maybe 60, something like but, that, but did, I don't think I got the, uh, you know, critical acclaim that the first one did, obviously. Well, it runs the same formula. It runs the same formula as the first one. It's a, it's a It's a human interest piece that culminates with a big fight. Now, when we get into Rocky three and four, you know, what are those movies? What are different about those movies? They have two fights in them. Right. So, that's so, right. so I think three, if you count the wrestling match with Hulk Hogan, but we're going to get to that in the next I mean, episode. All, all that being said, though, you know, I don't know how old I was, seven, eight years old. Uh, I'm watching Rocky two straight through. Absolutely. No problems. Absolutely. But, but again, I just I, I, I caution, you know, the younger listeners that are maybe just getting into the Rocky films for the first time that. That these movies are slow burns. I mean, the payoff is ultimately at the end of the fight, is, is the fight at the end of the film. Rocky has the heart to heart with Adrian and says, look, you know, I'm a fighter. Listen, I never asked you to stop being a woman. Please don't ask me to stop being a man. I still use that line with my girlfriend, <laughs> you know, for no reason. It's like, hey, you know, let's go to Bonefish tonight. And she's like, no, let's go here. I'm like, hey, I never asked you to stop being a woman. Please. Don't ask me to stop being a man. So what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it, wor- it, it always works. It works. And any, listen, if you're having a fight with your girlfriend, always use it. It's going to work 50% of the time. <laughs> 50%. All of the time. <laughs> so Adrian finally relents. You know, and she's concerned because the bad eye, she's pregnant the whole night. You but know? She, does she, she, I don't think she relents. No, she's, yeah, she's not. I mean, she doesn't even go to the fight. No. We, she she never says go ahead and do it until until after she wakes up from the coma. That's right. That's uh, right. Because we have the whole scene where you know, she goes. <laughs> we we have the whole scene where 
Um, he's not training well because Adrian's in his mind. Again, Adrian being annoying, just won't give him the go-ahead. Um, she's, she's the one's going to get him killed. And then Paulie goes to the pet shop where she's working. And Paulie starts talking to her, like yelling, you know, of course, you know, ab- mentally abusing her as <laughs> usual. You know, you're nothing. You're nothing. A pregnant woman. And then she 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 goes into labor early and has the baby and is put in, is in a coma. Paulie, again, basically abuses her into a coma. <laughs> Nobody cares. No one's saying anything to Paulie about it. And then, you know, they're waiting for her to come out of the coma. And miraculously, as she comes out of the coma, the first thing she comes to mind, you know, it's not like water or yeah. <laughs> like food or no. Win. Win. Yeah. Because you're right. You're right. Because, you know, he agrees to fight. There's that great press conference. Right. Where, you know, Apollo's being Apollo. He's like, you know, you know, he got lucky. It's not going to happen again. And but you, you, you were a uh, you were a victim of the Southpaw Jinx. What's he say to that? Southpaw Jinx. Nothing. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you don't <laughs> have to worry what, about that. What's great about that whole scene is they're sitting at the table and off in the corner, just sort of looking on everybody. It's just Paulie just sitting there like the fucking godfather. Right. Just in his, in his suit. And, and even Apollo goes, now, who's this guy? <laughs> who's this Al Capone? <laughs> who's this Al Capone? I, I, I love how we, uh, what, do you, what, you know, what are you going to do with the money, Rocky? I'm like, that's kind of like an insulting question. What do you mean? I'm, I'm going to spend it on goods and services. That's what I'm going to do like you do with your money. But even better than that, he's got a list. He, he does a list, he right? Goes, uh, he goes. He goes. Hold on a second here. I got. I wrote a few things down. I'm going to get some hats, a uh, statue for the church. I'm going to get Polly a snow cone machine. Snow, I mean, Adrian some perfume nice. because she likes to smell nice. She likes to smell nice. And uh, it's great. You, you, you have anything derogatory to say about the champ? And derogatory. What's he say? Derogatory. He goes. Yeah. He goes. Uh, he goes. Derogatory. Uh, yeah. He's great. They all laugh. They, all laugh. they don't know that he doesn't know. Apollo, he's had enough. He's like he's he's ha- absolutely had enough. And so, it's a circus to you, man. <laughs> so he's, like, he's all and a lot of these Rocky movies. All of his adversaries are angry, angry, angry. Yeah. Culminating obviously in Rocky Three with Mr. T, who, who might be autistic as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, he is angry, angry for no reason at times. You know. And you 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 mentioned the part that he starts the training with with uh, with Mickey again. And this is okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Looking back at this, looking at this movie through through grown up eyes now, <laughs> and watching the training. Now we talk about his 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 mind's not into it because because of Adrian. That's fine. What has Mickey got to do? He's got him chasing a chicken. Well, that's how they used to train in the old days. If you can catch a chicken, you can catch grease lightning. I don't know why they didn't do the chicken uh, the chicken training in the first fight. He could have used that in the first fight, but. Yeah. But they didn't need to be fast in the first fight. We talk about how all these movies have unorthodox training methods. Why didn't he do the chicken in the in the subsequent the films? But what, what was what was the big strategy in part two? Here was well, he's going to be going to fight right handed. That's correct. Not, he's a southpaw because that was a big deal in the first one. Because Duke was telling Apollo now in the first movie he says you're a southpaw. You know that's no good for us, baby. We can't we can't do this. But now Southpaw Mickey, nothing. You know. South, Mickey's got an idea. Mickey's got a plan. Mickey's plan is to teach Rocky, who's probably 31, 32, has been fighting his whole life, to completely change his mechanics in a relatively short period of time and start leading with the right. Be a right-handed fighter. Because Apollo's not going to be ready for that. And you, and you thought that the real reason for that was so he can, you know, he can trick Apollo. But what was the real reason for that? The reality is that while training for this movie... Rocky tore his left pectoral muscle, and so he was not able to throw 
com- he would not be able to have command of that left hand punch. So he had to actually literally rewrite this whole scene. I mean, that, that's a big deal in the movie, too. I'm surprised they did that, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible how they pulled that off. Back into the training montage, like, we're, we're at the point where, you know, Adrian's come out when now, now, now he's motivated to train. All right, all right, right. And then we get the scene where he's running, he's running through the streets of Philadelphia. Again, classic converse, classic, still wearing the converse. You know, <laughs> I think we think you think we would have learned something by now. Uh, we don't see him do any eggs this time. No eggs this time. No eggs this time. And then he's a scene where he's running this. The, uh, a bunch of school children just start following him, just start running. I don't know if that happens in real life. I don't know if you see, you know, if you saw like a Mike Tyson in the 80s running and all these school kids started yeah, yeah, chasing yeah. him like. Like the late seventies in Philadelphia, it was, it was a different time. Things back were then. different back then. It was then. a different time. And these kids, there's are, always eight hundred kids just on the streets of Philadelphia in the, in the middle of the day on a weekday. And you know they had the money and the budget to have extras this time, so they could afford to hire those eight hundred kids. One thing, and a listener pointed this out to me. One thing that you and I didn't even mention in the first episode. What, what didn't we mention? And we didn't even mention the most iconic scene in the movie. And I got called out by a list, by a listener. Fair enough. Fair enough. The scene where Rocky runs up the steps. Runs up the, runs up the steps, nothing. Come on. <laughs> so he runs up the steps to <laughs> this time. It should be the end of the comment here. I just said I said nothing at the end of the first statement. I re- so, that's it. Fair enough. So this time he runs up. We get that same iconic shot. Now, one thing I wanted to mention about that, and I, I failed to, to put that in the last time, was, you know, there's this, th- those camera shots of him running. They go on for extended periods of yes, time. Yes, yeah. And that is because, you know, the director of photography on the film, he came up with, you know, this Steadicam device. This I mean, which is oh, rel- I, I which is which is used all the time now. You know, it was it was first used in Rocky and then it was used the Steadicam was used in Halloween, the original Halloween because that opening scene where the camera just goes in all over the house in one continuous right. shot. But that was sort of a revolutionary technique that was used. And so, of course, it's employed again in this one. And he's got all the kids running up the, the stairs and he's cheering. At Gonna the, fly now. Doesn't have the impact of the first film. No, but it, it was going to fly now. Was that in the first film? Oh, yeah. That was going to fly now. I love Gonna Fly Now. It's a great song. And who wrote Gonna Fly Now? That's being edited out. (laughs) It wasn't Frank Stallone? No, 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 okay. Was it Frank Stallone? Oh, one thing, by the way, one thing we forgot to, one thing I forgot to mention is when they get married. After they get married, I'm sorry, listeners, we're going to go back earlier in the episode, but there's the scene when they get married and Rocky is just carrying her over the threshold down the streets of Philadelphia, down down the, the gritty neighborhood where they live in and they come across the guys, do, 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 do. the homeless guys singing. Uh, I'm assuming they're homeless, right? I mean, there's. I mean, I, you know, I I honestly wonder myself, like, what at night? At what point they have to go home or go somewhere? They've got this big oil drum where they've got the the, the very cliche. You get the fire burning burning in the oil drum, and they're just doo-wopping and singing their songs. And they come, hey rock, hey rock. If you look closely, one of them is Frank Stallone. Really? One of them is Frank Stallone. And it, you can tell because they kind of look a little bit like each it, other. And they've got this song all worked out for him. It's so – and I rewatched it recently. And at one point, he's carrying her the entire time. Carrying time, yeah. And she's like holding on to him like a, like a, like a baby gorilla. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, like clutching for dear life. And – and he, he's just having a conversation with these guys. Like probably like a minute, minute and a half, like just shooting the shit for a minute. If she, she looks awkward as hell in his arms. 
arms. Let me tell you something. If she's not wearing a wedding dress, all right, <laughs> someone's calling the police. Right. Okay. Because he's got her over the threshold, just walking her down the streets and in, in, in the uh, a very dangerous neighborhood. She looks neighborhood. drugged. I don't know what's going on. So the optics on that don't look the best. Thank God she's got the wedding veil on. Otherwise. With the red. And, and then he carries her over the threshold, puts her down in the home. In the house, in the apartment. Yes, and then the consummation of but, the, but, 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 Before the consummation, pick her up one more time and put her on the bed. <laughs> like, so like, stop picking her up already. We Stop at the picking up. We get it. All right. Sorry, listeners. We, that was a part that I had wrote down that I had forgotten to, <laughs> forgotten to mention. So we get to the fight itself again. And it's at the Philadelphia Spectrum. It's a bigger arena. All the bells. He's got to go to the. He's got to go to the priest. Yeah. He's late as hell for the fight again. Yeah, you know. And then there's that great scene when uh, Apollo's in the. He's in the, his dressing room and, and Duke's talking to him. Oh, it's the great best. line. Uh, it's the best. You know, just to get him, get him all amped up. Like women love you, men love you, and nobody, he almost like pauses for a second. Uh, old people love you. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. So we get to go to get him. Go to get him. <laughs> And then we get to the culmination of everything that everything we've been waiting for, which is the rematch. And, you know, the movie doesn't disappoint. I mean, the fight doesn't disappoint. Uh, I, I, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I thought this was uh, choreographed better. And I thought everything about this seemed a little bit better. And that's because, you know, you had a bigger budget. But you also had Stallone directing. So he, he probably had a different idea for how he wanted this fight to go. I mean, listen, all the Rockies are the same in one respect. Very poor. Well, not Rocky three, but poor defense. Yeah. I mean, every power shot. I don't know what the CompuBox stats are for these fights, but they're hitting like 95% power shots. Yeah. I, I don't think it's physically possible for anyone to go the distance in these fights based on the amount of, you know. No, the damage. I mean, I, it's it's not even the fighters. It's the ref's fault. I mean, the ref's got to come in here and stop these fights sooner. I mean, the, that's why they're getting this, this bad damage themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about some serious repercussions. You know, there's a lot of lawsuits that would be on the line for this. I mean, these fights. And it's, it's all power shots. Yeah. It's just hook after power shot after power shot. These poor people, man. And, I've, you know, it's interesting because you when you watch boxing on TV, you never really hear the sound of the punch like you do in, in these uh, movies. Little, yeah. little, little mini bombs going know, off every single time <laughs> it's it's terrific. or the, no, i do the sound effects are great though yeah you have the punch to the head which is like a little explosion it's, then you have the punch like to the stomach which is like like a like a, a drum being beaten Boom. Yeah. <laughs> listen here's where we get to we get to the, the end of the fight towards the end of the fight they both get knocked down and this is this is the scene but we want to point out that adrian is not at this fight now the reason for this is not because it wasn't in the script it was because talis schreier the the actress she was no longer – she wasn't available to shoot the she, last She was doing part. another movie, I she think. She was doing another movie at the time. So what they did was they – when she became available, they just shot this this B-roll of her watching the fight at home with the kid because, you know, the kid's been born. Right. And Polly was there. And Polly was there. And uh, I guess this is just a, a – a, I mean, this is before pay-per-view. So I guess this is just a televised event. Yeah, I, I, think, I think all the fights were tele- just televised back then. I mean, then. This, this was a big deal. So this is this is wild world of – wild world – wild – world no wide, wide world wide world wild of world of sports, world of sports. <laughs> but it's just it's epic when you know they both get knocked down at the end and you know you think are they both going to be counted out is that a thing by the way i'm not i'm not an expert that is on a thing boxing, that is a thing but if both fighters go down do they just do a, a 10 count for both I mean, and if I, one of them gets up i was young i was young when it first happened i i didn't i, I didn't know that at first you know but subsequently yeah i learned that's that's how it works in boxing if you get knocked down you have 10 seconds to get up yeah, um, and well, was, yeah, but was inter- they both go down. Ten seconds. You have ten seconds to get up. Wouldn't you think that it would just be whoever gets up first? 
That's what I thought it was when I was a kid, but no. Yeah. But yeah, what if if someone gets up? What if the other person gets up at nine? What happens? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. That, that's for, that's for a listener out there who knows their boxing. Yeah, because you know, one thing I didn't like about that scene, it always struck me. You know, mind you, I don't know why I'm like you know a seven year old kid really like you know uh, psychoanalyzing Apollo Creed's wife, but. As opposed to like trying to get up, his wife is like, "Get to your feet!" Jeez. Like, like, like my whole my whole life's gonna be ruined if you don't. Absolutely, that's what I'm hearing. They've I'm, got a lovely house, and you know they can't. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? This stuff costs money. And, you know, she's there's a lifestyle that she's accustomed to that Paulo's career has provided, and she's seeing that go down the tube. And he and, and he does. And he's he's. I, I love when they're climbing the ropes, trying yeah. to get up, climbing the ropes. You know. One rope, two ropes. Let me ask you this again, and listeners will 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 please feel free to chime in. But you know, when did the TK, TKO get introduced? Because I feel like the TKO could have been implemented round three of this uh, fight. Listen, you have to defend yourself at all times. You yeah. have to defend yourself intelligently in these fights. Every power shot. I mean, at some points. They're just with their hands down, just Look, wavering back and forth. They were throwing so many power shots. I was pretty sure one of them was going to get decapitated before this thing was over with. <laughs> but through but all that, though, the ref doesn't do anything, but he's always looking on very intently. Yeah. He's about to do something. He's going to jump in at some it's, point there. He's ref. looking in. He's, he, he, he's like what he sees, but he's going to let it go. But you're, you're right, though. The, the scene when they're both down and they're both, you know, they're both trying to get up. And then, you know, ultimately, Rocky gets up and... You know, ten, ten, ten. Win, wins the fight and that you know he and he's got that great line and he's holding the championship belt and he's yo adrian i did it you know it's you oh know. yeah voice cracking a little bit i love you again she's just saying she's, she's whispering she's herself crying she's, she's crying i i wish i could have been around in 79 when that movie came out i wish i could have been in the theater seeing that for the yeah, first you know time they're probably because, all clapping in the theater yeah you the, know one the, of those the the excitement that somebody that that people you know, because people wanted rocky to win that first that must have been, i remember when i saw rocky five in the theater it was the only rocky i saw in the theaters we were clapping in the theater when, when yeah. Rocky like beat Tommy Morrison, you know, when I, Tommy Gunn. When I saw, and, and I'm, we're jumping all over the place, but I remember seeing, you know, Rocky Balboa, the 2006 in, in the theater. And, you know, this is a 50-something-year-old Rocky, supposedly 50-something-year-old Rocky, fighting Mason the Line Dixon. And, and people in my theater were clapping during that. People were clapping when I saw Creed two last year. This guy just captured. He just did it, man. You know? Stallone just did it. He captured everything here. This son of a gun did it. And so, like I said, the movie was released on February fifteenth, nineteen seventy nine. Made just a little under two hundred million dollars. A huge success. Wasn't as critically well received as we talked about, um, but it was a monster success, and it really did sort of catapult or launch Stallone's career into the stratosphere, and well, and it ensured. That he could continue to make these movies as long as he wanted to. Did Sly Stallone do anything in between Rocky One and Rocky Two? You know, he did two other movies. He did one called Fist, but it's spelled F I S T. But there's a period in between each letter. That and sounds terrible. It's an American drama, and he plays a Cleveland warehouse. Stallone plays a Cleveland warehouse worker who becomes involved with a labor union leadership. It's just you can't beat these unions. You know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. That movie. <laughs> it, it was a story by Joe Esterhaus. Joe Esterhaus went on to become a famous, very famous writer. He wrote Showgirls. He wrote RoboCop. He wrote, you know, uh, basic <laughs> Showgirls Inst- and RoboCop. What else is there? Basic really? Instinct. You know, he he wrote he wrote some 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 doozies. Again, music was done by Bill Conte. Long movie, 145 minutes long. 
eight million dollar budget made forty million. Really? Okay, so, so right. that was that, that was the and then he made a movie after that called Paradise Alley. Official Wikipedia synopsis of Paradise Alley is that it's a nineteen seventy eight American sports drama film written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. Okay, who also starred in the role. It's Stallone's first directorial debut the film tells the story of three brothers in hell's kitchen new york in the 1940s who become involved in professional wrestling i'm watching this tonight <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard of this and i'm watching it tonight what was it called it's called paradise alley paradise alley directed by stallone all right let's see here it just said it doesn't doesn't list a budget a, a budget but it says the box office was just about seven well, million listen up i'm watching fist i don't know about you uh, well, i want to know about stallone the labor unions that sounds like a, a real nice Sunday for me. Now, after Rocky II, in between Rocky II and Rocky III, he starred in a movie in 1981 called Nighthawks. Now, I've heard of Nighthawks. Night uh, that one was a – it was made for $5 million. It brought in $19 million. So, I mean, right. these movies are profitable, but they're not Rocky profitable. I mean, they're not huge hits. And then he was in a movie called Escape to Victory – which the synopsis on this, uh, Escape to Victory, known simply as Victory in North America, is a 1981 sports war film All about, about sports. allied prisoners of war who are interned in a German prison camp during the Second World War who play an exhibition match of football against a German team. And by football, I'm assuming we mean soccer. I don't know, man. It sounds like an escape to losing a lot of money. Now, this movie was made on a $10 million budget, and it made $27 million. Right, that seems fair enough. So, but again, I want to stress that these are these are not big numbers. I no. mean, these if it are, wasn't for Rocky, those movies wouldn't have been made. And then, we get, and then we get into the the next film he does is Rocky Three, which just a little preview for for the next episode we record. Rocky Three made two hundred and seventy million dollars. So make no mistake about one. it. Like like these other movies that he did in between the Rocky films, they're considered. I mean, when up against numbers like two hundred and seventy million, they are considered just duds. I mean, they're, and they're obviously. I mean, I've heard of Nighthawks. You've heard of Nighthawks. Heard of Nighthawks, but. I mean, what are we talking about? I'm more about? of a Cobra guy myself. Yeah, but. we'll get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole scene. Crime. What is, what is, what is the question I forgot? <laughs> Crime is the disease and I'm the cure. Yeah, I'm the cure with the toothpick in his mouth. Like, All right. It's, it's the best. Listen. The best part of the best part of Cobra is when he's getting to his apartment and he backs his vehicle in because the guy comes out and he just fucking rips his shirt down. <laughs> <laughs> love Cobra. Listen, I know we're talking about Rocky too, but I love Cobra. Love over the top. Oh yeah, listen, I'm I, I watched Over the Top on July third. I called it my my pre Fourth of July movie. Oh my god, we need to do it over we, the top. We have to do an over the top. And then after Rocky three, we had um, First Blood, Staying Alive, Staying Alive, which was the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. He was in Staying Alive. He he has a brief cameo, but he was the director of Staying Alive. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good piece of trivia right there. Uh, Rhinestone, which was the one where he became the country Staying music Alive. singer. With- was was your good friend John Travolta in Staying Alive? Uh, he was, wasn't Yeah, he? he was the star. He was the star of Staying Alive. Did you all talk about it when you saw him recently? Well, uh, yesterday at the barbershop? Yeah. You know, we, we talked. We mainly focused on Greece. You know, I was just you know, <laughs> right, coming up on right, another anniversary right, of it. Right. So, you know, I'll call him. I'll call him later on today. You I know. know. I know. Listen, I know he didn't say anything to you when you saw him, but he, he's just weird like that. You know, he just sometimes sometimes doesn't say anything or acknowledge his good friends like he did to you. That's all what must have been. You know, and listeners, I mean, I think I've made it known before that, you know, he lives in this town. So we see him. Everyone sees him sporadically, but he's a night guy. He goes out at night. He's a only, night guy. Everyone knows that. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I last time he was at the barbershop, the, you know, about six months ago, I popped in there because the guy who owns it, you know, he comes in here quite a bit. He, I see him quite a bit. 
and uh, he told me he was coming. He's like, listen, pop in the pop in the barbershop around midnight this, this really? night. And I went. I went in there and said hello, sat down, talked to John for a few minutes. You know, he's he's a nice guy. You know, he's like, hey, Dana, how you doing? Now, you're not yeah. lurking around this barbershop like every night at midnight, are you? I mean, just tonight. Just <laughs> right. just in case he wasn't happy with his haircut and he's coming back tonight to possibly get it fixed. <laughs> right, 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 I'm going right. to take a look at it. All right, Mike. Thank you very much. Looking forward to recording Rocky 3. Thank you. Loved it. Uh, listeners, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow the show at Dana Buckler Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Dana Buckler. You can follow us on Instagram at the Dana Buckler Show. You can email the show with questions or comments at the Dana Buckler Show at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And if you'd like to contact me and talk about, uh, you know, anything about anything, um, I don't have a Facebook page. I don't have a Twitter or an Instagram. Um, I don't have a phone. Um, I, I live on the streets right now, so um, I don't know. Listen, S- send a raven, listen, I guess. Listen, I don't know. Listen, I appreciate you coming in. I'm going to give you your six bucks, and I'm going to need you to go. Thank you. Go nothing. <laughs> and my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.